Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 23, The Innkeepers, in which Frasier and Niles join forces to open a fine dining restaurant, opening more than a can of worms, as they do so. Just pointing at Key as I say that there. Uh, Key, in this episode, Niles says every boy's dream is of owning a four-star restaurant. I want to ask you, what was your dream occupation as a kid? Um, my dream occupation was to be a footballer. Like, really? I thought you were going to say that, actually. I, yeah, yeah when, <clears throat> when I was younger, I wanted to be a footballer because, you know, every boy wants to be a footballer. Mm-hmm. And I still want to be a footballer. I still, uh, when I'm, you know, just sitting on the bus, just daydreaming. I'm daydreaming about being a professional footballer. You've never let the dream go. I love that. <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'll be 50 years old. I'll be looking in the going, there's still a chance. <laughs> Next year could be my year. Then I wanted to be an actor. Nice. Um, but when I was a little kid, actually, my mom like sort of set me up because I was my I don't know if you know I was a big Fireman Sam fan like as a little kid. Yeah, man, we've we've seen the pic of of the doll on Twitter. Yeah. Um, my mom like um, was talking about oh you like Fireman Sam? What's the you know catchphrase and all this? And he really set me up for it and said, "And what do you want to be when you grow up?" And apparently, I completely completely seriously just looked and went Milkman. Melbourne. <laughs> and you maybe forgot what Fireman Sam was. <laughs> you completely missed the point of the. Yeah, other. I said I wanted to be a milkman. Um, which is um, a very valiant job, it has to be I, said. I'm just going to be trying to bring back the milk float to the British streets, to be honest. I miss it dearly. I do remember one coming by my village way back when. So, But um, talking of businesses, actually, mm-hmm. I um, I found that so really cool today. And this is not going to resonate with anyone except people based purely in England. Okay. Odeon Cinemas, yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you know that's a, a brummy business? It started in Birmingham. I didn't, but we do have a really cool Odin as you come into New Street with like the sign on the old brick wall. So, yeah, yeah so I, it's I it founded by a guy called Oscar Deutsch, um, who's from uh, from Birmingham, Brummie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Odin actually apparently stands for Oscar Deutsch Entertaining Our Nation. Oh, wow. Where did is, you hear that? I saw it this morning. Like, on even at 7 a.m. this morning, I was, I was apparently just. I don't even know how I found it. I was just looking up fun facts about Odeon Cinema. The fact that you were awake at 7 a.m. on a Saturday and I was like Pains still you, deep in sleep. It's just, <laughs> you're just so much more disciplined than I am. Um, that's that's amazing. I haven't been to an Odeon in ages, but... It's five quid a ticket these days, you know. Blimey. me. Yeah. I mean, you know, it carries its own risks and pitfalls. But, you know, for five pounds, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, weirdly, I think my... When I was a kid, I always dreamed of... Um, like being a game designer, like because obviously cool. I played so many games at the time, and I was like, oh, I'll never grow out of these. I'll always want to write games, and you know, and I guess I still love writing. So writing for that kind of medium would still be really interesting to me, although it's not something I'm pursuing. But yeah, I guess when you're a kid and you're like playing every game that comes out, and you're buying forty quid games every week, you just think, oh, this will never die. You know, I will always play these as much as I now. And you know, nowadays my attention span for a video game is like not great so um the dream the dream died to quote les mis so there you go but i like yours are yours are much more rounded footballer but, actor milkman I mean, they're not that rounded to me. I mean, yours, like, yours is an actual job mine is like i want to be a celebrity what, <laughs> what do you mean i want to earn shitloads of money i, I want to earn 200 grand a week i'm not getting out of bed i'm not getting out of bed for less than that what are you talking about <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I think it came from a good place. So you have a good heart, <laughs> despite the lucrative uh, path that it leads to. Um, shall we took ourselves into trivia corner this week? Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. Excellent. So we've actually been sending quite a lot this week. Um, from a few, a few new players have entered the trivia ring, um, as as is orchestrated by Corey and Hamish. So I'm going to head over to Reddit now and find these. 
Okay, so I'll open with Cam Winston's for you, Key, as, as is customary now. Question numero uno, are you ready? Oh, bring it on. Bring it on. What three things will make the restaurant exclusive? Okay. Not having a, like a public phone number. Yep, unlisted number, right, right on. No signs, I think. No sign. Yeah, and the other one's kind of linked yeah. to that. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you out there. Public advertising or something like no that. No advertising. Absolutely spot on. Oh, I'll play. <laughs> Very good. That is the three I was looking for. Uh, second, what colour is the belt that Bulldog's date is wearing? You can probably was, remember. The... Her dress was red. I yes, think. it was. I knew you'd remember the colour of the dress. Oh, uh, what was the belt? She pulls it off better than Kari, it has to be said. <laughs> she does. <laughs> oh, God. What goes with red? I, I'm not the man to ask. I, I think it's got to be like a light colour, because I think the, I don't think you'd have red with a dark colour. Mm -hmm. As you can tell, I was a fashion designer when I was younger. <laughs> uh, I don't think you'd have red with a dark colour, just because... I know in my head that's not how I'd picture it. You I actually think it? your dream as a kid was to be Carl Lagerfeld, actually, the head, <laughs> of, the head of Chanel. <laughs> I could have been, mate. <laughs> um, okay, I'll say a, a light colour, so let's say cream or white, something like that. Which one that's... is it? Cream or white? <laughs> uh, let's say cream. Oh, it's white. Oh. <laughs> white brackets. I will also accept silver. Silver's um, a kind of cream. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. When you're like, oh, what's light? What's light? I'm like, maybe the lightest of all the colours. <laughs> come on, come on. Um, <laughs> no, you were very close there. You're very close. Um, question three from Hamish. What does Gil say when signing off of his broadcast KACL? And I've got a few few comments about how perplexing oh. it is. Okay, I think. I is it, is it three different things? Yes, it is. Okay, I think it's Bon Appetit. It is. Bon Appetito. Yes. And Nifty Noshing. Nifty Noshing. Which nifty we'll, noshing. We'll come back to that last one in particular because it just makes zero sense to me. <laughs> um, and now another, another a new uh, quiz master here um, from Hothouse Orchid. Ooh, great, little, great little Frasier reference there. What does a Bulldog use in lieu of a reservation? Oh, um... A bill, a dollar, uh, he hands him, he says, here's Mr. Lincoln, or Mr. Lincoln would like a seat or something like that. Yes, he does. And I literally, unprompted from any of these questions, just from watching the episode earlier, I, I actually looked at what denomination of bill Lincoln appears on. And yeah. Hothouse Orchid has put that as a bonus. Do you know which dollar bill Lincoln appears on? I, it's going to be a guess. If you're imagining um, what's a kind of tip bulldog would give someone, I think. Because at first I thought it'd be one thing, and then it was, it was the other. Hmm. My instinct is a 20. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, you, I'm gonna go, go with, with twenty. Twenty dollars. It's five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, initially, four-star restaurant has five dollars. <laughs> initially, I thought it'd be one dollar because it's the ultimate like bulldogism. Um, so if anything, five dollars is it may be even funnier because it's like it's not as stupid as one dollar, but it's also extremely offensive. To, <laughs> to, yeah, it's such a cheap scale. Um, and another question from a new a new quiz uh, new quiz master, Alex T Book Seven, who I know we've read listener mail out before. Martin mentions a restaurant location that he noticed was always changing hands when he was a cop. What are the three restaurants that occupied this space? The last one is a little taste of Yorkshire. Yes, it is. English food. That lasted all of five that minutes. That lasted all of five minutes. <laughs> the, oh God, what are the other? The first one was a Chinese place, but I don't remember what that Chinese place was called. It's like it's... Young Chinese Palace or? Oh, very close. I mean, considering it's so tough, I'm, I'm inclined to give it you. It's Ling Fung's Lychee Palace, I think. 
Okay. Um, yeah, and then the middle one is is something a little more Anglo. Anglo. Well, no, not Anglo, just Western, I guess. Oh, remember, is it like beef or something like that? Is it a meat house? Is it? So close, yeah. Watch, you keep a rabbit in. A hutch. Tony's meatball hutch. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's meatball hutch. What? I just don't see the, the when, link between meatballs and hutch. When you said, when you give a rabbit, I was like, the hutch house. <laughs> the hutch house. <laughs> the hutch house. <laughs> but no, Tony's meatball hutch. Um, but some excellent questions there. Thank you, everyone. Before we jump over to MK and Missy Callis is someone in as well. Uh, do you want to read yours out for me? Okay. okay, yeah. So according to Gil, mm -hmm. what is wrong with Orsini's? Uh, ooh, is this? It's like an old, like an old wine, or it contains oh, only. He, he specifically, um, rather oh. than him just, but like he specifically lists, lists, I think, three I, things. Okay, one of them is like the owner's old and wants to sell. No, or... that's just a, an explanation of why why it's changing out, why it's going out of business. He, 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 um. Okay, what's the specific question you want me to answer? Okay, so what what is wrong with it? So he says, um, oh. I'll get the, the thing up. It says, um, and so in the opinion of this critic, um, I put the wrong thing down. That's why oh. I'm confusing you. I don't mean I don't mean Orsini's. The other uh, restaurant. I'm, yeah, yeah, that's why I've written the wrong Oh, no, thing. don't worry, don't worry. Okay, so, um, oh, crap. Oh, man, I had these. I had, I, this was in my head when I was watching. I thought this could very easily be a question. Um... Bad decor is that one? Dismal okay. decor. Yeah. Bad dismal decor. Um, and something appetizers or a menu that's only moderately preferable to hunger. Yeah, I'll, um, I think something that is only marginally better than hunger. Marginally better but than I've hunger. Written it down. And there's one more that I'm, I'm missing. That is, yeah. It's going to be like dismal decor. It's going to be a, a, a short one because obviously that's how like, the, the timing works short, short, long. Um, Dismal decor. I'm just gonna say overpriced. Uh, perfunctory service. Perfunctory service. I mean, perfunctory service is kind of just what you need service to be. Just get the <laughs> food from A to B, man. Kitchen to belly. Um, but yeah, good question, Kay. Okay, my, I genuinely forgot I was asking the questions. So I just to sit back. <laughs> okay. Um, when, once they've opened the restaurant, mm -hmm. um, what table is still waiting for their order, and what will Niles have to do? Or what does he not want to have to do? He doesn't want to have to give them complimentary... Oh, God, it's some kind of appetizer or something. Um, I don't know where the table is. I, mean, I think it's either... I'm going to say 7 or 11. Is it one of them? No. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm going to say table 11. Uh, and he doesn't want to give them complimentary... Oh, I'm just going to say hors d'oeuvres because I don't know the specific dish. Do you want to have a stab at the table? Um, 14. Okay, I've got table 12. Oh my god. And complimentary zucchinis. Zucchinis, man. I was thinking of something like finely sliced, like, you know, kind of like cabbage and a coleslaw. I know you do that with zucchini as well. Um, which is an American term for what vegetable over here? Okay. Cucumber. Courgette. <laughs> Courgette. <laughs> cucumber. <laughs> I'm a big fan of cucumber, not so much courgette, but uh, I mean, they're not bad. They're not bad. Um, um, but yeah. I don't even know what. what is, when you say courgette, I think someone like going to their prom. Is that not? Is that... <laughs> you think of cor corsage or cortege? <laughs> Very similar words. But... <laughs> Very different. Things. You don't want to eat a corsage. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, third and final question. Okay. 
Um, Maurice used to work at what restaurant, and how could you tell he was unhappy there? Oh, oh, his his something is a is a cry for help. Um, yeah. The man's. Oh, he works at Emilio's. Yeah, that's correct. Um. Oh. I'm never going to remember the dish that was a cry for help. So. I had to Google it because I didn't know how to spell it. Okay. So that's the hint. No, you're going to have to tell me. Admittedly, my lack of cuisine knowledge means that that could be it. That could be courgette, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> um, I've got songili. Songili. That, how, that how, how is it spelled? That's a good question. Um, S-C-O-N-G-I-L-I is how K-A-C-L spells it. Songili. That's good enough for me. That's good enough for you. Yeah, it sounds hard. <laughs> sounds good. That's hard to make. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> um, like, is that all of your questions? That is all of my questions. How did yeah. I do there? Is that zero out of three? Um, you got. I'd say you've got most of number one. I'll give you number one. Okay. Um, then let's not talk about two or three. <laughs> I don't think either of us have started well today. But... <laughs> Which is annoying because this is a kind of, you know, a, a good episode, I think. For, for, I don't, I don't it think it's like, a good episode for trivia or not. I, I think, think it is. I think, think it is. Right, there's plenty that sort of jumped out to me. There's a lot so. of just different moving parts to it, I guess, that you can you can pick on. And there's like a lot of, I think, short, sharp jokes where they name a few different things. And if you're really paying attention, you, you yeah. can easily trip people up on those. A lot of like food names and restaurant names and people are named. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Can you remember? I was worried then with uh, MK's first question that we'd already read it out, but I don't think anyone's actually said it yet. What is the name of the establishment that Gil is reviewing at the beginning of the episode? Oh, so the one I wrote down wrong is Orsini's. Yes. Uh, is it, I think, Mickey's Good Time Tavern? Yeah, that's like a good place to go. It does sound fun. It just yes, sounds like man. a good time. I know Gil's like... grab a beer, put it, the football on. It also doesn't sound like the sort of place Gil would like. Yeah. Why, is, why is that on his list to review? Like, really odd that he would ever go there, um, for sure. Um, but yeah, Mickey's Good Time Tavern. Okay, there you go. Question two, what is the colour of Orsini's menu? And what is the colour of the menu at Les Frères Oro? Oh, God. I can, I've got no idea. Let's be clear on that. Okay, um, I, can, I can actually remember the Orsini's one, but I couldn't remember Les Frères Oro. Okay, I'm going to say... Mm -hmm. For all scenes, I'm just thinking what looks like a nice menu color. Mm -hmm. What's well, a big it's... question that keeps me awake at night? <laughs> it is, honestly. <laughs> I, you, if you ever come in, I've got like you're like a murder wall in, doc, in TV dramas. <laughs> I've got that for with menu colors, <laughs> just triangulations or bits of thread, um, based purely on what I think looks like a good menu color. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say that the, uh, when it was all scenes, it was a nice burgundy maroony sort of color. Okay. With like a gold print on it. That looks really nice, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think that looks good. Okay. And then I'm going to say that when the when they take over and it's Le Fleur Horu, I think. Mm -hmm. is, is it Horu? Um, oh, oh, like Oro, I think. Oh. Like basically everything. The happy, when it becomes Simon. the Happy Brothers. The Happy Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say that one was like a, a dark blue with a black font. Like. Kind you have gone to admirable detail that was not <laughs> required for this question. I have simply got gold or CDs okay. and black for this rare row. So the colours of my font were correct. <laughs> the colours of the font were correct. Um, weirdly, I seem to remember the Orsini's one being like a, a kind of a strange orangey colour, but it, may, it might just have been 
I might have left the blue light filter on on my monitor or something, and it's completely threw my colouring off. But I trust Corey implicitly, so gold is what we shall say. Um, good question. Question three. Now, this is a really good one. Um, uh, to give you a clue, this is linked to one of those moments where the brothers speak over one another and you normally can't hear what they're saying. And I kind of made, about two months ago, I made it my mission to try and pass what they say during those moments. Right. Other than the various sized baking dishes, what does Fraser also propose the souffles are served in? This is there is another one? He says it during that fight, and I, I had made a note of this because I thought people might be interested, um, and Corey has just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Oh, God. That's a clue. Knocked out the park? Knocked it out of the park okay, with... So something to do with baseball. I will say no, I will say no more. Baseball glove. That's the only thing you have. Baseball glove. Yeah, it's baseball glove. He wanted to serve them in baseball gloves. But it's like he's just moaning at Nars when he said, like, you know, I wanted it to be a. When when people think Nars Crane, I want them to think big souffle. Souffle. (laughs) (laughs) He's just moaning at that. And yeah, baseball gloves. So really good question, Key. And you know, a little bit of prompting, but I think well played. No, I was. Let me clear. Without that prompt, I was not getting anywhere near that. (laughs) I'm not being funny. It's really tough. It's really tough. (laughs) Question, last question from Missy for a trivia corner this week. How many other people do we see? Wow, okay. How many other people do we see dining or scenes when Frasier and crew arrive? I assume this must mean at the beginning. This is must be a really bad week for me. I don't remember anyone else being there. Me neither, but but Missy has got a figure here. And it is, so it's, okay, so it's more than zero. It's more than zero, and I, I trust Missy for spotting these. So Okay, now I, okay I don't recall seeing anyone. Okay. However, they did say when um, Otto comes with the check. Yes. Fraser just say, I think that must be for another table. He does, yeah, good point. Which would imply that someone else is there. Yeah. But it can't be a big party of people because. That's some good deduction there. If it's a big party of people, we would have to have seen them. It wouldn't make any sense for us not to have seen a table of 10 people. Perhaps they're sitting in the Enchanted Grotto. Or maybe they are. Oh, so. Is that a clue? It's not. I'm trying to think of where, oh. where, they, where they could be. Okay. Um, I'm thinking it's not. Okay. I think it's not a big group of people. Mm-hmm. And if it, unless you're going to dine in a group, the most common number to dine with is two because people don't tend to dine alone. Mm. And three is weird. Three's a crowd. Three's a crowd. Three's a crowd. <laughs> so I'm going to say there was there was two people in the Enchanted Grotto with the with the um the Scongili. That's fine. <laughs> I have got two here, Kelly. Is it so two? I two. The Enchanted Grotto was a clue, but I had to quickly backtrack in case I uh, led you to it too quickly, but you got there anyway. Um, yeah, really, I, I just don't remember seeing them, but I, I mean, don't remember seeing anyone. there is a I, bill. There is a bill being handed around. So there's Unless Otto is, was actually, it was actually from someone six months ago. And so it's just got <laughs> Maybe Otto and the Maitre D were just having some like longer steam or something. And you know, they, <laughs> these people coming in have completely ruined their meal. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone so much for some really great trivia this week. Um, so so probably some of the best questions we've had in a while actually i really really like them yeah really um, good questions think this week good stuff uh shall we jump into the review animation watch key what was it this week you can't remember it was <laughs> it was a lift, the rustling of paper the lift going up i've got that <laughs> so, it was very tame i put here very critical <laughs> of the animation for such yeah. a, a um iconic episode it's a exactly big very physical comedy episode lots happening very mild animation there is a question for the big episodes what is an appropriate animation i'd go big fireworks fireworks (laughs) fireworks i was actually um i don't know so 
I was going back through some of our old episodes this morning because I was trying to work out our actor picks and ended yes, up listening to forward to that later. Um, I, was, I ended up listening to most of our episode of the club mm. with um, I went to Princeton. <laughs> I went that? to Princeton. I love that guy. Um, <laughs> and that one was fireworks, and you were being very critical of it because they were like very 90s yes that's what you uh, said. Yeah, i remember the being, they are very of their time graphically um but you're big on the fireworks i, I mean it just um, i think this episode should start with a bang and that's it, like the cherries jubilee exactly i mean exactly. that's what they could have done <laughs> i tell you what listeners some listeners will like this some will think what on earth this has gone beyond the pale but i think an episode toward the end of our run and we're listening I would love to do an episode where we rank the title animations. <laughs> Are you in? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do <laughs> it. Because I can already think of some of my favorites. The monorail, the Christmas tree lights. Um, yeah, don't want to get too bogged down in animation now. But that is something to uh, pencil into the future. I'm one of your many sheets of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> there, they, there they are. Um, Gil is back, and it just really makes me realise just how little he has been in the show up to now. How how many episodes has he been in? Three, four, if that. Like yeah, like, and they've all pretty much, other than I think Fraser Crane's day off where Fraser yes, gets yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been just a cameo or a bit part in all of them. I don't. I'm struggling to think of one where he's had a consistent period of time. I like the fact that he's in this episode kind of consistently. You know, he's in three or four scenes. He has, like, you know, probably totaling nearly a page of lines, maybe three quarters of a page of lines. He says a fair amount. Um, Yeah, just, he's really good. He has a big presence when he's in this episode. This is the first time I think Gil really makes his mark. Yeah, and, like, Frasier's clearly, like, fearful of him. And, like, he just, he clearly becomes a a distinct person in Frasier's life when he kind of enters the restaurant like the bloody panzer division honestly they're all like queued up in (laughs) order it's terrifying man it's literally like a bloody panzer division um i've got i've just put we've already talked about this but mickey's good time tavern is getting absolutely rinsed here by killer it sounds nice to me i don't even know what they're selling but i'd go there I know. I'd Anything with too. tavern in the title, I'm probably interested. But yeah, I hear that, and I just think of like the warm bosom of Bavaria had a nice style of beer, <laughs> yes. and, you know, just good times, you know, as the title suggests. <laughs> yeah, good, good that, was, times. That, that was unprompted, but there you go, good times. <laughs> um, he says nifty noshing. What do you yeah. make of that, Kay? What What does this it's, mean to you? <laughs> if I hear the phrase <clears throat> nifty noshing, well, I actually think there is a restaurant in Birmingham called, I think, is it uh, is it Quaff and Nosh? Nosh and Quaff? Jesus, I had no idea, but it, it is. It and sounds I, like a Harry Potter potion. Well, I'm glad you think that because when I once suggested to someone, "Oh, what about Nosh and Quaff?" They thought I was coming <laughs> on to them, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing, mate?" Um, I, was like, like, I, I know a what, great little spot in town of some Quash and Nam. I'm just yeah. coming in my car with me, and I'll take you there. <laughs> I had to backtrack very, very quickly. Oh my! What kind of cuisine was served at Quash and Nam? I don't know. I didn't go was... because they didn't want to go with me. <laughs> Like, sorry, I'm, I don't go in for that sort of thing, right? I'm, sorry, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like, I, I walk past the door sometimes and it looks very nice and, from looks, the door. It looks so. perfectly serviceable. So. <laughs> it's a perfunctory service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, man, I'm dying. 
Um, yeah, it's just nifty to me. Yeah, nifty doesn't nothing. make sense. Like nifty doesn't doesn't have any other than like maybe cooking. I don't think you can be nifty in the way you eat. Nifty means like yeah. adept and agile and skillful, and I don't think eating oh. requires that much. Look at the way he handles his burger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very There's impressive. Giant stacks where like everything falls out the bottom of them. If you can keep it all together. I mean, we've spoke about this before, but I mean, we're both very much anti-tall burger, aren't we? Like, yeah, I detest, I detest when they have to put a spike through it to keep it all together. Definitely, if I'm eating out in public, because I don't want to yeah. be seen as this guy who's just like who's absolutely quaffing noshing over his table. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ross has got a little mantra here, which I think is uh, something make take out, make out, and home by Letterman, which I really I just love that home by Letterman. Um, always, always remember that with Ross, just because I think. That, that kind of late night TV culture has a much bigger presence in the US than perhaps it does here. Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's like Saturday Night Live. And, I think, yeah, and talk shows in America and things like that, I think I just are much, much There's so many, There's so that. many of them, yet they all have an audience. That's what yeah. gets me. There's like, you know, John Oliver, Seth Meyers, Conan, um, yeah. Fat the Fallon, the Kimmels, you know, there's yeah. so many. Whereas going here back we even have... back in the day, like Carson and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, like, and it, it just seems like it's an institution in America. Whereas it, it's the only we, we don't really have that in this country, not really. No, um, I mean Graham Norton over here is probably the show that pulls the biggest stars. Like they, they, they yeah. get huge A-list celebs on. But beyond that, I think, but yeah. I don't know anyone who would stay in to watch it. Or no, would, it, I mean, if you told me what, asked me what day it was on, I'd be struggling. If you asked me what time it was on, I wouldn't have hope. So. Weirdly, I think everything's changed. Even like 10 years ago, I remember like Saturday night when the X Factor was on or something. I feel like yeah. that was a, an event and everyone yeah. wanted to watch it. And like, now no. it's just like my TV hasn't been on for like two months <laughs> you yeah. know, in my room. I mean, like when you couldn't go out on a Wednesday night because, you know, Dr. Quinn, medicine. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, if, if people haven't listened to the Simpsons <laughs> episode, please go back and listen to it because that is a fantastic <laughs> reference. I've watched that clip so many times as well on, on the internet since you mentioned it. Um, but yeah, great from Roz here, Home by Letterman. Niles comes in here with a, a book. Can you remember who, who it's by? I do because I thought... Um, You'd, you'd flag this. Is it John Steinbeck? It is John Steinbeck, a, a writer I'm very, very fond of, yeah. Have you read any Steinbeck? No. I thought you might read of Mice and Men because it was at school and I, stuff. I don't think our class did it, did they? No, um, uh, it's probably it. on my to-read list at some stage, but I haven't read it. Do you know like, how it ends? Because it's quite famously spoil everywhere. If you don't, that's amazing. Um, I, I mean, I might do, but I don't think It's so. really sure. It's worth a read, but I mean, yeah. yeah. Grapes of Wrath and East of Eden are much better, so you go go for those instead. I mean, Niles very much strikes me as you in this situation. Like you've got because you've got first editions. I'm pretty sure you. Oh, yeah, I do. I do have some very very prized possessions in my book collection. Yeah, and I imagine you're like you'd get people to wear gloves before. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't own any, but I should buy some. Yeah, <laughs> really get that going. Um, yeah, actually, I think my I've got um, a first edition of It by Stephen King. Oh, that's cool. Which is really cool. Um, I've got a first edition of Misery. Um, Ooh, I mean, I, that's on my to-read list. I haven't read it yet. But. I've got three copies of it, so you'll, <laughs> you got three copies. You can have one of mine. Um, but yeah, I also have the first edition UK one, and it's signed by Stephen King. Wow, and that was a present for my 18th birthday, I think, of my mum and dad. So, is that, what is your favourite Stephen King? book it by a mile is it um yeah i mean people listening i know some people listen to our book recommendation stuff it is my favorite book of all time nothing comes close to it um 
I remember I finished that book on a snow day from school and we didn't have to go in. And I had like 20 pages to go. I probably said this before. And I was reading it in bed of the morning of, you know, where I would have been on the bus or something. And I just, it took about an hour to read the last 10 pages because I was so sad that it was going to end. It's like 1,400 pages. Yeah. You know, it is a, you've been on such a journey. Um, but if no one's read it, yeah, God, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Very, very weird in parts. Got some yeah. scenes that would not ever be written now. Um, yeah, definitely. Because they're right. just fucked up. Um, to, to, to use there, the There's some term. scenes that I think were left out of the films when they oh, came out recently. Yeah. I'm very glad they were left out because yeah. they're extremely awful. Um, but the but other than that, I mean, it's it's a brilliant, brilliant book. You're still reading Christine. How's that going? I've just finished it. I, oh my um, god! Wait, you got through that fast? Oh, I I dedicated a lot of last weekend to reading it. Oh like, man, I love um, that. Really good. Yeah, really liked it. It was. Um, it was good. I don't. I'm conscious you're going to read it, so I don't want to say too much about it. Yeah, I mean, it might be miles away from now. Um, but it, it's good book. I would definitely recommend. I mean, I've never read a bad Stephen King book. Yeah, um, his I endings haven't... can be a bit iffy. That was that's my thing with like Christine. I, yeah, that's kind gonna... of a running thing with King. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about it. But mm -hmm. that mm, was the only gripe you had. That was the only bit I was like, oh, actually, that could have been a bit better. But everything else was great and and i think you'd love it because he obviously with all of his work isn't it the imagery he, he creates of that just like, pure america. america yeah yeah it's, it's incredible yeah it's, yeah you're definitely selling it to me okay yeah very um, much. i think you'd love it so we have an amazing iconic moment from Roz licking the St. St. Katie the Virgin's book cover <laughs> here. Um, I've got to be careful how I phrase that. Um, just Nas's reaction. Roz is just, the way she does it is fantastic. It's really good physical comedy from, from Perry Gilpin. Um, and then one of my favorite underrated lines comes next from this episode when Nas is talking about having a birthday party or a series, like, you know, <laughs> blowing out the candles, sending back the Prince the Prince Veal Olaf or the Veal Prince Olaf. Um, do you know what that is? I've, I've not even Googled it. I know. Um, Veal is like no. baby cow. I think. Yeah, it's very and, controversial, isn't yeah, it? People don't like people having veal these days. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what like different types of veal are. It's basically a layered veal roast is sliced and layered with a combination of soubies, onion, and I don't even I can't pronounce any of this, mushroom and onion stuffings, then put back together in the shape of a roast. Doesn't look great on I'm Google not, Images. I'm not. You're not selling it to me. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't look very good on Google Images. But there you go. Um, I love I that do, line. I do. I love the line. I love the back and forth here between Niles and Roz. And I mean, obviously, she's. It's great physically with her with the book and how she sort of takes it and all that and looks yeah. it. And um, but I do love when um, I think Fraser says to Niles about a popular night spot closing down oh, yeah. and he's just he's come up with, oh Ross, you're moving it's, just... it's such a good singer singer of the week we haven't done that for ages that That's would be definitely a there's a i think there's actually two or three really good zingers in in this episode actually mm. but that's probably that's certainly up there I think Martin's got some good ones like Leighton. He's like, yeah, don't tell me your dumbass idiotic idea is to buy this restaurant. It's like, just so blunt. It just really yeah. goes for the jugular. Um, Martin's, I've, I've, I've put here, Martin's face is amazing during Nas's. And I've just, oh, oh okay, I've remembered where this is. I'd completely like not finish this bullet point. It's when they go to Orsini's for their one last hurrah. And Nas is just going off on one on, on the steps about like, She's like an aged movie star. Her oh, yes. Skin, her skin sallow and waxy. <laughs> yeah. and, and like, Mark Ma is just like, well, that's got my appetite going. <laughs> it's it's so done. The way, like, he's just gnaws his delivery. Whereas mm. he's, every every comment he makes, if we break into like a skin, her eyes, her hair, 
it's like he's sort of slowing down towards the end and then and goes again. He keeps going, doesn't he? Yeah. I love it. It's just like you're thinking, okay, that's the oh no, there's more. <laughs> so well done. I love it. It is so good. Um what do you make of Daphne's little rant here? But Americans are always in a rush to tear things down, but we don't basically that's not something we do in Britain. I've got I mean, yes it is for starters. But I mean, what do you make of this? Um it's true that we have much, much older buildings we do and we have like listed buildings yeah and we have listed buildings which you can't tear down i imagine there must be some listed buildings in america they must have something that you can't just tear down and uh, i mean you're not tearing down the white house put it like uh, that you're not uh, renovating that they've got really interesting zonal laws in dc actually i think you can't build buildings over a certain height as well because that's why dc is quite flat um because like they don't want to obscure you know I guess the view of the mall and the White House and stuff like that. So yeah, so that's a kind of the same. But. I mean, it's, it's always a balancing act, isn't it, between keeping the nice, quaint, great. I mean, there are some old buildings in this country you'd never want to lose, and they're beautiful and they're fantastic. Yeah. There's also, you know, progress happens, and you know, you've got to strike the balance. I mean, the reality is we have older buildings in America just because it's an older country. Um, yeah. In so, reality, so, you know, so just... much older. <laughs> yeah, that's not know. me bragging. It just is a fact. <laughs> you, know, you know, we're like so old. The oldest country. <laughs> we're like the oldest country. <laughs> We've got all the old things here. Um, I was going to say something then about. Um, oh, what was I going to say? It was about buildings. What were you saying? Okay, America. They're not. They're not tearing down the White House to make a hotel. Not tearing down or, the White House. Although okay. they might do if. if that could be Trump's like parting thing. <laughs> he sells off the White House. That was what I was going to say. I was like, oh God, I'm just going to pull my computer off. Um, it's the fact that uh, in New York, I read a really good article recently about just how expensive and uh, what a commodity space is in New York now. Yeah. Because obviously everything's going upwards because there's no way to go outward. Um, and, you know, as soon as a building falls into disrepair there, it's going to be gone and you're going to put like a penthouse, you know, set of apartments there and whatever. Um, that was just really interesting. Like New York is just like its own beast in terms of tearing things down and expensive laws and land and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, all, all interesting stuff. Just a bit of a controversial point from Daphne, I thought, because I, I don't like her giving Britain a free pass here. I think we, we, yeah. we have certainly knocked things down that shouldn't have been knocked down. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, you know. Like Birmingham's library, actually, I used to love the central library because it was brutalist. Um, a lot of people will look at it and think this is the ugliest building I've ever seen because it was a giant concrete slab. Um, but it was iconic, brutalist architecture. And then they built that mad new one that's like weird postmodern. It's hot. I don't like it. It's, exactly. Like, you know, the weird. other one was perfunctory service. <laughs> the new one is like, you know, or scenic. I mean, you want buildings that shouldn't have been... It's not torn... They didn't tear it down, but they shouldn't have been changed. We've spoken before about Waterstones in Birmingham. Precisely, yeah. They, That's they, as good as tore down it. Yeah, the head. inside of it, they ripped the inside apart, didn't they? And did. that is a beautiful, beautiful building. That is one of the buildings that should have been preserved. Yes, okay. it is. You, you get on that soapbox, <laughs> Kay. Um... So I put here that Martin's kind of spot on about his his scepticism of, of Fraser and Nazi, because he says, you know, all they want to do really is wear fancy clothes, hobnob with their friends. They're not interested in the labor and how hard it is working that industry. And, you know, I've got some experience working in catering and restaurant experience, and I've worked in a few kitchens as well. It is just labor unlike anything else, and they just are so out of touch that I just this episode sets itself up so perfectly from the beginning for them to just royally cock it up. But what's weird is, if mm. they had just stuck to turning people away and acting fancy, it yeah. probably would have worked if they'd have just delegated all of the actual work. That is, it, yeah, no souffle med meddling and everything's yeah. fine. 
if if they hadn't decided to interfere, yeah, if that that restaurant does really well. <laughs> it's successful. Exactly. Why do all these people suddenly come and they know Fraser and Niles own it because Fraser and Niles have zero cooking credentials? I, I also find it so weird that I mean, yes, it's a very very bad first night, <laughs> but yes, it is. That's a huge write off, isn't it? Like we spent all this money, like no. We yeah, ain't doing this again. That's it's done. The fa- it's the fact that it's only around for this episode. The amount of money they must have invested. That is one of the hardest things to re- to reconcile with this episode, I think, um, as great as it is. Um, how how long a time period do you reckon this episode takes place? Because obviously it's empty, and then you literally just blink, and they're in their tuxes and walking around, and it's full. I was, to, to make a guess, I would say, like, two, two weeks, if that, between wow. their meal at Orsini's and then opening night. Because I just not a lot's changed interior-wise, has it? Like no, I think they they mentioned was it changing the drapes, the curtains. Although Fraser does mention knocking out the pillars when yeah. he speaks to Nas about how he wants to improve it. So which I also think just again it's slightly iconoclastic. I think you know they're yeah. part of the architecture there. It's one of the things that actually makes it an interesting set. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, I mean, the little taste of Yorkshire we've already mentioned. This is this is a repeated joke, isn't it? Because in a different episode, which I'm fairly certain we've reviewed, we have a little taste of Italy. Um, yeah. I think it's... Martin mentions that as well. I think it's Martin as well. Um, yeah. They have a lot of... Is that is a that thing think... in the US? I don't know. <laughs> a little taste of. It's like a, 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 a kind of a... Co- bit like how we have loads of Red Lion pubs. Is that a common? I don't know. I mean... It... I do think the writers, when they're referencing restaurants, definitely have a world that they go to of restaurant names. Yeah. Um, like we have, I, I forget the, the name escapes me. Like in things like Breaking the Ice, where we, we heard reference reference names. It was, it was like Burger Shack or something like that. The Bed, or, the bed and Bass Motel. Or... Bed and Bass Motel. And yeah. There were others as well. And, and you've heard similar iterations that are slightly I've... different have been tailored. But there's definitely like an underlying familiarity about all of them. Um, so I do think the writers have a well of restaurant names that they've got sort of a go-to. I think so. They've all got a similar vibe. Um, they're kind of bouncing off, um, which I think is I think is a good strength to have. Like the Bed and Bass Motel, it's a great name. It's a realistic name, but it also has that ring to it as like yeah. the alliteration. It rolls off and, the tongue, doesn't it? Oh. Yeah, you know, it's clearly been written by someone who's just trying to you know maybe poke fun at those institutions, but also it could just be one. Um, I love just the, the the rationale of them trying to to make it as exclusive as possible, and then Martin. Maybe you can post some guards on the roof to try to shoot people <laughs> as they're trying to get in. Daphne's laugh at that point as well almost seems like that's actually Jane Leaves laughing. Um, yeah. She really kind of guffaws at that joke, and I just think it's so so good. Um, I really love that. I think Martin in general in this scene's really good. I think. I, I think actually, this is a really good ensemble episode. Like everyone, obviously, Fraser and Niles are the stars, but. Mm-hmm. everyone else really plays their part well and what they do do they do excellently i think um i, I won't jump ahead but in terms of like actor picks this was the first there's a couple of people this was the first time i was actually sort of considering them very the, very same in the conversation yeah um so yeah i think everyone does everything really well and it's just just martin um not martin, um, niles and fraser just in their own little world at the table when they're discussing the ideas and you're obviously you're seeing this from sort of um daphne and martin's perspective oh my god what are they doing yeah but just the way they sort of get down this like rabbit hole together like what's the word for light-hearted in french there isn't one there isn't um, one <laughs> and, and then the happy brothers it's it's homey but just just enough to intimidate the riffraff <laughs> just difficult enough to pronounce it's, I love that. it's so well done and it, it 
builds it up perfectly and I I say I really like Martin. It's his skepticism, his cynicism. It it works perfectly. It pays off at the end as well. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to. And I love him becoming the bartender as well. Which he does that so so. That well, is something I wish we'd seen more of, man. I yeah. would have loved that. Uh, Show sure what would have been a really good episode, actually. Say, for example, like Duke was going out of town for an episode, and he needed Martin to like run the bar or something like. Or like he he recruits, and then Martin obviously needs Fraser and Niles, and they don't know what to do. How good would that be? Because then I'd it's have like loved a that throwback episode. to Cheers as well, because you've got Fraser behind the bar and. God, that would have been good. Man. That'd be good. That's, that's just your episode to, to the reboot. Man. That's your episode to write. That that is, is one I need to bloody write the rest of them. I've got so many ideas, and the writing is slowly, slowly <laughs> coming. Um, Niles exiting the kitchen here, and and Fraser on the stairs. This is when it's opening night. I just think this is perfect. You've got Niles kind of gracefully stepping out of both doors. I think, which is weird considering later there. It, yeah, it's it's obviously indoor outdoor, indoor, and the brothers. Outdoor. Do not care. They don't <laughs> care. Nars just kind of... Oh, that's a nice little reference to that that comes later. Actually, Nars just clearly doesn't give a shit. He just comes out looking very graceful. Fraser like laughing on the stairs and he puts his hands out and then they kind of grasp each other. In, like, yeah, the... it was a bit strange. Like they were posing for a photo together. Yeah, there was no like, camera. Kind of joined at the hip and it's a, it's a funny one for sure. Um, but yeah, I really like that. Um, the sous chef in the kitchen who's over at the, at the eel tank didn't think his accent was great. He's clearly not French. Yeah, he's not French. He's not French. I, I mean, well, we, I have said this before, and we had to Google it, and the person was French. Yeah, I um, mean, so I, mean, I don't I, know if it'll if it's an easy way of googling this quickly. But, I'm putting um, my neck on the on the block here, but it, it just did not sound great. To okay, me. his name is Alan Shearman, so I'm okay. thinking it's not the most French-sounding name I've ever heard. Alan technically is quite French, but I don't think the surname is. So um, we can we can live with that. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean they. Yeah, you're probably right. In if there's a weak point of the episode, the background waiters and act, and but the actors for you know the waiters and the um, the chefs probably the weakest or the weaker ones. Yeah, they're kind of um, but they are in it off, aren't they? Yeah, and they're in it so little that I did doesn't I didn't notice it to be honest with you. Um, yeah, you know, they're great, but of course again jumping head slightly with immigration being there and things like that, and they all <laughs> yeah. scarper. Um, yeah, he's from Chicago, Illinois. Wow, he, he died really young. No, that can't be the right guy. No, I'm looking at the wrong guy because he died in 1973. That's uh, yeah, possibly, um, possibly not him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Niles is advised. I think someone actually, I don't know if it was Alex T. Book actually. I think it is. Um, and we'll, yeah, I think it is. And we'll get to him uh, or her in in listener mail. Um, so I don't want to step on their point too much here because they are the person who has some chef experience. So they've got a lot to say about the souffle debacle. But even to me, Niles's advice is it just seems insane. Like, a souffle is famously hard. You have to order it really early and in advance because you can't just sit there and order it at the table. You know, it needs to be prepared. The fact they're kind of normally in little ramekins makes sense as well because they, they, they're they probably, it's probably easy to do them on a smaller scale. They look neater. If you're serving a large souffle to people from one giant one, it's just going to look like a, a an indeterminate bowl of goo. You know what I mean? It's not going to look like a souffle at all. Yeah. So I, I mean, just think his advice is stupid. I know nothing about cooking, but even I know that a souffle is meant to rise, yes. and it's really hard to get it to rise, and if you screw it up, it all just sort of deflates. Yes, it does. And I would imagine that if you're trying to serve people out of a big bowl, I mean, yeah, the big bowl might look nice when you first bring it out, but... It's going to look it, shit when you take that first like, Yeah, spoon. whereas people... 
I mean, these days, the, the kids, they're all about the Instagram, mate. Uh, they are, what, man. They want to take you, a picture of a good-looking plate of food. They, they will. They'll be, you know, taking their photos. Um, and and it, it's not going to work with a big souffle, I don't think. No. They're not, they're not going to all stand there while someone takes a photo of the middle of the table. That's... That's not what they, they want. They get a, a boomerang of, of Otto just like go slicing into the uh, into the big souffle. Um, uh, I love Bulldog. Um, I love Bulldog's entrance here again. Ensemble episode. We've got Gil. We've got Bulldog. You know, a load of people come into play here. Just, I think he calls him Miles. I think he says Miles, baby. <laughs> just a really subtle joke that I really got a lot out of. Um, he just Bulldog has some good lines in this, just typically perverted and absolutely disgusting. But like, you know, my dress is dates clinging to a like saran wrap. Yes. Um absolutely horrible. But and yeah. I mean just his his I mean his his dates is his date a prostitute? Yes. Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. I'm fairly certain. Like, look who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who the green gets you anything you want. <laughs> yeah, I would say a, yeah, an escort, a prostitute. I mean, escort, I think, is a slightly different thing. I have um, no idea. I'm going to be honest. I don't Google these sort of things. No, you got, no don't imply that I do. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, no, but I, I have a feeling they are, in you know, in kind of legal terms, there is a difference. Um, is an escort someone who just... It's not necessarily sexual. Oh, I think that is, yeah. But attending I think, events with you. Yeah, um, and I, I have a feeling that, I don't know, I, I, I guess sometimes it doesn't always remain like that and it, the night <laughs> ends differently and then that's where the line gets blurred. But I don't know. Um, if anyone listening knows I, anything. I, <laughs> if anyone listening has any experience in this area, <laughs> please feel free to inform the rest of us how it works. Please get in touch. Um, um, Oh, don't oh, get God. what they keep adding. I, I feel we should say we're not trying to solicit anything. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not trying to solicit. Nor are we disparaging, you know, healthy expressions of... Yeah, let's just get out of this world. Well, let's get out of this. Dig up, stupid. Dig up, stupid. <laughs> I don't get why they keep adding brandy to the cranberry. So, yeah, they mentioned it at the, at the beginning. Oh, should I add a soup son of brandy? Fraser, yep, do it. They do. And then yet they both add more. Yeah, and it add, it's not a suit, it's not a tiny bit. They're it's all just loads. chucking it in. Yeah. And it doesn't really work as a joke because they've both added more than a tiny bit individually. They don't need to keep going back to it. Yeah, so they themselves should know that they've added enough on their own. But yeah, yeah, yeah it, may, it doesn't work for me. They also don't try and retaste it at any point. They just no. yeah, chuck more in. They don't mm, could do a bit more. Like yeah. You know, big, so big issue with alcohol as well. I think when you really amp up the alcohol in something, it can very quickly ruin food. Um, yeah. You know, stop putting wine in bolognese or something. If you overdo it, it's just going to taste rancid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, I put, I've already mentioned, you know, I've worked in a few few kitchens. It makes me sound like I'm a bit of a, a sous chef. I'm absolutely not. Uh, mainly had, hot washing. I had um, no idea you used to work in kitchens. Well, I had a very brief, my first ever part time job was two shifts at a local hotel near us which will remain Ooh. unnamed i was on three pound fifty an hour three pound fifty an hour so listeners i think it's about four dollars seventy five or something um but that was what i was getting paid i was 16 um i was working in a, it was a tiny kitchen and i was the pot wash in the basement beneath the kitchen you had to go down a really narrow flight of stairs to so get was it there. just you on your own in there in the or... basement yeah um the, the so steps got the really wet um so you could literally slip and break your neck on these tiny terracotta steps to get down um 
the food, the, the dirty plates and stuff was passed down to me by a dumb waiter, the elevator, which they yeah. stuffed full of crap. So it kept like getting jammed. You couldn't get anything out or in. Um, at one point, I was asked to empty a bin which hadn't got a bin liner in it. It was just full of beans and mushy peas and food with no bin liner in it. And I asked for a pair of gloves to start scooping this stuff out into a bin liner. Um, My thumb ripped open immediately on a can that was in there that was all rusty. I rushed to the sink. I bled over some sausages that were defrosting in the sink. And the guy quickly patched my thumb up and just rinsed the sausages under the tap. No. And yeah, they were they were eaten that night. Um that I swear Did on you go my back family's the next life. Day? I went back the next day to hand in my notice. Oh god. And I mate. said, and you know, I was just I think I mean, I remember the chef coming in who I actually got on with uh, and he was really down to earth and nice. And he was, he came in for his shift like an hour after I was meant to start and he just saw me standing in the lobby. He's like, yeah. Oh you know, what's going on, mate? How come you're not in there? And I was like, Oh, I'm 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 quitting. He's like, Oh, why my answer was it's just not for me. And he's like, Oh, okay. Like I, I was sixteen, I was scared to death, you know, but it was yeah. it was terrible. Um actually, Jeez, I mean, I've worked as a pot washer at a wedding venue since then got paid way more an hour and the yeah. kitchen is like state of the art and it was really good so yeah. you know um that was just a you know, you know there you go little sto- stories from the culinary underbelly here with uh with will um but yeah i mean I-, I imagine people listening will probably have some kind of similar experience a lot of people worked in the food industry in one way or another especially as part-time work um if you're our age so um, be interested to hear from anyone who's got similar horror stories of the uh, of the kitchen there. Um, I'm trying to remember where I am now. Okay, so Fraser calls the chef an oaf at this point after having. Yeah. In, if if we take out everything else here, Fraser's had one interaction with him, which is, "Can you put them back into ramekins?" That's it. So he comes back and sees he's not doing that, so he jumps to calling him an oaf and yeah. yelling at him. I mean, this yeah. is a highly respected chef, one day headhunted from a different restaurant, who they know is fantastic. Much better than they are. They both just treat him like dirt. They do. And I'm glad he leaves. It, it's weird that all. I mean, if I was Maurice, like my answer would be just say, "Well, he told me to do it, so take it up with him." Yeah, that's like, the, the dramatic irony that's frustrating here is that he doesn't just say that. Yeah, he just yeah. goes, "Oh, fine, I'll, I'll change it," and then yeah. the other one says. You know, and it's only when the two brothers are there at the same time that they have this like squabble and just make everything worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but all he, what he should do is just turn around and say, "Oh, your brother said to do this." So yeah, because he him. says, "I was told to do this," and Fraser doesn't say by whom. He just says, yeah. "Well, no, on opening night, change, no." Oh, no, like, no. Um, yeah. But so mm. I love Maurice. He's such a classy guy. Like the two brothers are arguing. He just nope. I don't. Like, oh, that's that's it. Like, yeah. The the confidence of the man just to be able to say, "I don't need this. I'm walking." Bye-bye. I mean that is and... like a lot of chefs. I think I think Anthony Bourdain, um, you know the late Anthony Bourdain, he's got some great documentaries. Really good book called Tales from the Kitchen Underworld or Underbelly or something. Kitchen Confidential, that's it. Um, and he's worked in some mad kitchens. And he always said to be a chef, you have to be, you have to have a screw missing. Basically, he says no one becomes a chef, and if they're all there, he says yeah. they're all just mad. And you know, such intense 
pressure so as a working intense. environment. Yeah, like I'd I'd crack under that in an instant. Like, Surrounded get... by things that can kill you, man. Like yeah. everything's boiling, everything's sharp. Like it's it's mad. It's such yeah. a crazy environment. I, mean, I get stressed if I'm making a big dinner for more than two people. Man, like, I don't I think I've ever I don't think I've ever cooked for like more than you know <laughs> three people. That would freaking just knock me off. Yeah, just awful. Um, but uh, there we go. Um, this is where the basketball or the baseball glove comes in um oh so they start the argument had the argument and he leaves and uh and they have the they have, he says why not serve it in a baseball glove and he says something about how gauche or gauche i'm not never quite sure how you pronounce that word is, is it gauche i think probably I think it might be gauche another french term and yeah i mean what does mean like gaudy like a bit tasteless i think um i think that's what it, i think that's what it means I think Taylor Swift used the lyric in a in a new song on the on the on the, which is the first time I'd ever heard it. In oh, a is song. it really? I, yeah. I, is, are you a big Taylor Swift fan? I'm not, but the new album was had a lot of musicians I like producing it and helping her out. Like Justin Vernon from Bonnie Vare um, was on it, and if you listen to Bonnie Vare or Bon Iver as we pronounce it in Britain, um, don't think so. No, Skinny Love and. You'd know the songs. You, you playing air guitar does not, <laughs> does not help me with this. I just realised I did that. Yeah, skinny skinny love. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love to get a clip of that man. But oh. Skinny love. <laughs> but no, but no. She the album is in her own right. I mean, I'm not. I was never a Taylor Swift fan. Never listened to anything before this album. Um, but this album's genuinely really good. Um, it's you know got great writing, um, great production, and yeah, she used that term, and it was the first time I'd heard it in a very long time. And then here we go, it's used again in a Frasier episode. But I mean, what, sorry, you go. I was going to say one line that I, uh, I just want to really draw attention to because I love it is <laughs> is when um, Niles tells him to put it in, you know, big souffle, big souffle, um, and he just goes, um, well, this, well, he goes, this, you know, this is my kitchen, and he goes, well, this is my restaurant. <laughs> So, so you will do it. Like, <laughs> he says, "Ma, this is my restaurant." Like, there's no why in that. It's, just, it's like ma, it's ma restaurant. Like, Your face, and you said that was absolutely amazing as well, man. That is killed me. Um, yeah, would they have been so careless as to hire illegal immigrants in the kitchen, or? Are these chefs that already work there? And Emilio, Emilio's guy is the other, Maurice, is is the one new, you know, is it a problem they didn't know existed and then obviously they haven't checked? It's possible. You would think that would make more sense, actually, because otherwise... You, um, otherwise, I'm be thinking background they, checks wouldn't, they and... wouldn't do that. Like, they're not idiots, no. you know what I mean? It's the no. one part of the, of the episode I'm thinking, this is a bit, you know... Have they just amped up the fast one step too many? But it is funny yeah. watching them all scarper, as you say, at the, at the back. Yeah, I mean, they, they basically they need to get everyone out of there quickly. It's just a bit strange that they use both that and also the people, of course, just sort of being carted off to hospital. Yeah, um, like, I'm trying to think of oh, other is, plausible ways they could have emptied the kitchen. I don't his, really. His nose is broken. Well, you you take him. He's he's unconscious. Okay, I'll take him. <laughs> we'll meet there. Like, we'll meet two guys. I'll follow you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a funny one, but as you say, they do need to empty the kitchen, kind of sharpish so um i mean martin is promoted to bartender at this point another battlefield promotion as and i'll tell you what he he just he was Honestly, born for what's that. your poison how about those supersonics eh? <laughs> you're <Yeah>. in town 
<laughs> and also, we, we he gets like one line, but I love Brad. Rosie's oh, date. man, what a douche <laughs> Brad is, man. He's an absolute knobhead. <laughs> She's like really apologetic, really. You know, he's a really good friend, and I wouldn't do this usually, but I've really got to help him. And he's like, okay. Um, can I get some bread and butter? Oh, maybe <laughs> can, I, can I get a menu and pass me some bread and butter? <laughs> just, the way he turns back to his freak as well, man. He just takes it in his stride. And also, Martin's face. When I mean, when he initially says, oh, I should probably wait for us. And Martin's face just goes, I'd get one now. I'd get one now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, we now have Gil arriving with his army of critics. Um, Stood in like a little diamond uh, shape. Honestly looking like the Red them. Army marching right. into Belize. It's terrifying. Um, and we have a great line from Fraser where he's like, oh, that was his old specialty. He tries a new specialty. Scrabble eggs. eggs. <laughs> I, love, I love Kelsey's delivery of the line it's scrambled so good. eggs. It's and I so love scrambled eggs, so it's a match made in heaven. I mean, do you think, because just before that, Martin tells him, just explains people, people are generally decent, they'll understand. Yeah. Um, do you think that would have worked if he just explained to him, Jack and everyone have been all right? all right? I. It's really tough. I, I want to say yes, but I, I kind of knowing what the British public are like. Oh, if that happened in a rest busy restaurant I was in, I would just know there'd be a lot of moaning, a lot of people like you know who have maybe got more money than sense would be really like, oh, this is a disgrace. I feel like the people who would be yeah less moneyed would be more understanding. Um, yeah, it's what I would think. And I, but I get the impression everyone here is moneyed in this episode. So yeah, that's the thing. It's, like I, particularly yeah. that that woman who sends back. Is it, is it veal that she sends back? So it's fish, something. Oh, fish. It's like salmon. No, it's or tuna. It's a kind of fish, but it, she wanted it masala or something instead if, of something else. If you're someone who actually sends back a dish, you, we've talked you've about got this. more nerve than I do. I don't do it. No, oh, I, I don't either, man. Eat it silently and just say, "Oh yeah, it was great. Thank you." I, I think I once took some food back, but it was like I was staying at um, when we went interrailing. It was at some like outdoor Airbnb venue thing in Berlin. And there was a lot of people being served like you know sweet potato fries and hot dogs and stuff. It was like, it was kind of fast food, but like it was nice in in like a big restaurant here. And I just got some pulled pork that was so burnt it was mm. disgusting. And I took it back and I was like, I'm sorry, this is really burnt. And they gave me like two bratwurst hot dogs and got rid of my fries for sweet potato fries. Wow. And they were like, oh yeah, no problem. There you go. I was like, whoa. I was like, yeah. why, why have I been doing this for years? <laughs> man, I'm gonna moan every time I eat. Um, but no, we have talked about this, and I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in you know, treat the staff well and. Unless it's inedible, I'm gonna just eat it, you know. Yeah. Well, they're doing the best. They're stressed. Yeah. Well, they don't need me. If you if you can be really polite and and get them to send it back, then go for it, you know. Don't like struggle through something you paid 12, 12 15 quid for. Yeah, disgusting. I think it also depends on how much you've sp you've spent on it as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, big time. If you're at a decent restaurant, then maybe. Um, but yeah, I remember once actually. Um, we this is a really quick anecdote but we, i'm not going to say who but i was I, back in like primary school or something i was out with a, a mutual friend of ours in class i went around to his house after school and he we and his mom and dad took us out for food but we went to ask which i don't know if you've been to ask but it's like a really so. upmarket restaurant in sutton and it's just not the kind of place you go on a school night when you're with your mate <laughs> And I went to put salt on my food, but it was in a pepper cellar, so it had loads of holes. So yeah. a lot of salt came out at once. I remember the end going, oh, that's a disgrace. Should I send it back? And even I was like nine. And I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> even as a nine-year-old, I was like, no, no. I, just... no, I like the salt. I really, I do. <laughs> I'll just be really thirsty. It's fine. You know, don't worry. Um, so, yeah, that's even even as a young kid, I think I was always adverse to, to sending stuff back. But there you go. Um, 
wouldn't even um, went to a proper restaurant on a school night. That's really, really hard. Really hard. Yeah, real, real, <laughs> a real odd one. But um, you know, it was, it was, it was very, very grateful to be taken there. I was, you know, very, very pleased. Um, I can't remember what I had, but you know very grateful if they're Wait, listening now you had much better friends than me like when when you when we used to hang around midweek we used to just do our homework together oh like, did we do that i don't I remember, remember once that. we had to write a headline and it was some guy cycling and we did pedal to the medal and we were so proud of ourselves what year would we have been in like six five that's really good it was yeah pedal to the medal and then we didn't know we could have kept the same headline the next time we did the like they were like yeah yeah but we'll work on this for a couple we had literally like two days i don't i think and we came in the next day and we'd come up with this one. They went, oh, yeah, I'd have, I'd have stuck with pedal to the metal. And I was yeah. like, we didn't know we could. Um, if we didn't know we were so talented, Sarah. <laughs> um, I love that. I love the idea of us doing homework. I mean, when we could have been playing with, like, toys or something. <laughs> I do have a vivid memory. I'm just going to, this is only a quick one. I used to have a little toy guitar and a microphone stand. Do you remember? <laughs> I'm doing yeah, a guitar, doing yeah. guitar. And I remember once, like, we went downstairs and we did a little mini concert of my dad. And I sang on the on the mic. Um, it was an Oasis song, but I can't remember what. And you just strummed the guitar behind <laughs> me. But obviously, you didn't know any chords. So you were just hammering the strings. <laughs> and I didn't know how to sing or the lyrics. So, um, and yeah, I just remember my dad sitting on the sofa watching us sing. And it's like, oh, that's really nice, guys. <laughs> It was only for like three minutes. Um, but we, 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 whole minute, we would have been literally there. about seven or eight years old, I just think. Jamming with it. We were just shredded, oh, man, honestly. God. It was like Jimi Hendrix vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have the woman now sends the back the, the fish that you just mentioned. I don't know if you notice when Niles throws it back to Daphne, she uses the pot wash tap to just rinse the fish off. Um, they, those are a godsend, by the way, those taps. They are amazing. Um, they, they come, the water comes out at such high pressure, it blasts just the food off everything. It's like having a little flamethrower. Wow. Um, really cool. Which I just think was a really good gag, Daphne doing that. Um, and her killing of the eel. Oh, this is, is... is It still kills me with laughter, man. The, the choreography of how, how she arcs her body. Yeah, and she then literally just, just throws standing. herself into Yeah, it. she does. And then just standing there, a bit kind of limply, kind of, you know, at attention. Wobble, what's the word? Kind of wobbling in, in David Hyde Pierce's hands. That that moment alone put her in my discussion for Best exactly Actor of the Week. Exactly the same that, here, yeah. It was just... It, and just the face of Fraser and Niles, just like, oh, what the... What she could she do that. Doing, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and it was just so well compared to Niles, who's like, um, you know, take them out. Not until they're dead. I just, <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, he's I, trying to machete them in water. It's just insane to me. What do you make of Ross's bit here now with the cherries? Mm, I don't, I, I feel like I've kind of, that was a loaded question because I was already kind of pulling a face when I asked it. But yeah, I, no, I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't like this gag at all. I get that they need they need some way of setting off the sprinklers to get everyone yeah. out and to mark it all as a complete failure. And we've had Chekhov's jubilees here all the way through the episode. You know, waiting to go. Um, I don't know if this is the way to do it. Like, mm. it's completely just it's a bit too farcical for me. It's just the bang, all the smoked her hair and. It doesn't really work for me. I just, I think that they could have. I'm not sure how else to do it, but there would have been a better way of doing it. Yeah, I think. I, I think so. Uh, maybe something just burning or catching fire. In the maybe kitchen. him literally just to throwing a toaster into the uh, into the eel tank or something like that. Yeah, you know. Um, like say I... that Daphne kills one, but then she has to go and be the waitress for some reason, and then 
I'm going to kill the rest, let's electrocute them, and it starts a fire mm. or something like that. Or, or you know, one of them just chucks an apron on a stove, something like that. You know, something really simple. It's it's surrounded say, by sources of ignition, it could have been done. You know, you know, yeah. For me, I'm not a huge fan of the, the cherry jubilee, but it, yeah, it's it just seems a little bit like just low hanging fruit, I guess, for an episode that's otherwise very tightly written. You know, by a very dead, you know, talented team of writers, just never quite washes with me. Um, but yeah, you know, some people like it. I think it's more just what she looks like and her kind of weird delivery of the lines. It's kind of like yeah. almost like a, a gag for a younger audience, if that makes sense. It yeah. feels like, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. Um, but, um, not, not to rinse on it too hard, but... I will say, is obviously, then they all, as they all start um, ready to, yeah, sprinklers go off, everyone starts to leave. There's just a couple of really great lines. One, Niall's saying, I hope you're satisfied. You've thinned my sauce. You've thinned <laughs> my brown sauce. <laughs> so good, love it. I love that. And I love, um, it's something that's been happening all the way through, but I love Fraser and Otto's dialogue through the walkie-talkies. Like... Um, every time who is this it's, it's just the voice of god it's, god. it's the voice of god at the end and just it's Fraser's... always stopped to cry i'm the only one on him <laughs> it's it's so so good and then of course with otto driving through the wall um, oh my god i Iconic. love fraser's he reacts to it so well just starting with our, our drive through window so quick <laughs> like it's so quick i mean credit to someone if i i just stayed just for that line to be honest like, you know what you've You've just got my custom back. I'm going to go sit back down. <laughs> I'll have the angular. <laughs> <laughs> chop, chop, please. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love this. I mean, this is my worst nightmare. The, the chaos of organizing people's cars when he comes out and that woman's like, I want my number 44 now. And then all these people wanting their cars back and knowing you've got Otto. Like if it was someone else, I would be panicking. But that to me just really stresses me out watching that scene. That is the problem with Fraser's plan about how your car will be ready for you. You'd need at least five or six guys, really. And where are they taking on, the on cars? Have they got their own giant car park for like a tiny restaurant in Seattle? Like, they, I mean, they must have some space somewhere. And it's mad. There's a but lot of people there. If if more than one person leaves at a time, he's got to get into a car, start the ignition, drive to wherever they need to go, get out, give them the keys, and then go back and walk back to the, the other get car. The other car, do the same. Like it's not going to happen. Like, it doesn't work. You um, need people on a rotation of at least a few people ready to just go whenever they need to go. Nah, that was yeah. a poor idea, Fraser. Poor idea. <laughs> right. Couple of things with like valet valet parking remind me of like a great line from Fraser later on. I think when it's like Niles to you, a bad neighbourhood is in the cheese shop doesn't have valet parking. <laughs> um, but also um, just makes me think. Oh no, this is going to be offensive to you having not seen Bond, but. In most Bond films, he arrives at a casino and there's always valet parking. You know, the guy's like, thank you, Mr. Bond, and drives his Aston Martin off. It's always a really big drive and then he kind of pulls up, gets out. It's also all very, it's very well choreographed. I feel if you wanted to be a good thief, all you'd need to do is get a nice suit and stand, just stand outside fancy yeah. establishments. Yeah, know. man. Come park a car for yourself and so just easily done. You're done. Um, and I think like if you, if you did it at like a decent restaurant as well, it may be a new city where they didn't know you. You know, it's a one-off. That's a way to get a free car right there. Not that we're advocating theft <laughs> in any way. Um, need to stress that. Please don't steal anyone's cars. Um, so, yeah, I've just kind of wrapped up, really. My last line is um, Martin on the phone. 
with someone that wants a table. Do you want the smoke damage or non-smoke non damage? damage? He's laugh <laughs> after that. And then he's like, you know, we could tell people he died in the fire or whatever yeah. he says. Is it fire? Or uh, explosion, I think. Explosion. Um, just Martin is phenomenal here and it's a great little bit at the end. He is. I mean, do you reckon he actually ever explained to the person who was calling up um, why there was smoke damage <laughs> yeah or did he just hang up and that was that I think it was probably just hang up and let them know <laughs> what the house happened to all CDs or let's throw a row um, but yeah really um, really top stuff and do you know what the last scene was without any dialogue oh man did I watch it I remember there's, there's the two of them eating in the restaurant but there must be a scene after that I'm imagining it's going to be Otto doing something but oh I don't know then it's Bulldog and he mm. comes from the back room, like partially dressed. I think he might have like a lipstick stain on him, something like that. Yeah. Rings a bell. He, uh, well, yeah, Mr. Lincoln was very happy from uh, what Let's we think. Let's just say that escort service uh, <laughs> took, a, took a turn. Um, but yeah, well played, Bulldog, man. Um, but there you go. Key, is this episode in your top 10? Well, yes. We the last Fraser episode I think we recorded of last year I think was in my top ten with a fair to forget. Yes, um, or was it a fair to forget was in your top ten? It was, yeah. I think it was, yeah. yeah I think it um, was, yeah. And we've got our first of twenty twenty one. This one is oh! as well. Is a little round of applause. <laughs> this is in your top ten, yeah. It is in my top ten. It's a fantastic start to finish. It's a fantastic episode, and mm. it's up there. When I think about Fraser, this is just this is one of the episodes I think about. It's it's so good. The farce is done perfectly. Like I know we said a little bit, you know, like the sous chef and and the cherry jubilee, but they are very minor things that are very easy to overlook. I think um, just the way that Fraser and Niles one get into this ridiculous situation and then escalate it as they go along. Mm. And I think we really see the best of every character. I mean, it's very very difficult in a twenty minute show. They squeeze allow... a lot into twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, they squeeze a lot in. And they get every character doing something. And they're not just doing it in a in a scene like where they're in the apartment. It's just the five of them bouncing off each other. They're doing it in a crowded restaurant where there's other they're interacting with Brad and Bulldog and and um you know, Sous Chef, Maurice, things like that, and Otto. So it's a real credit to them that I think that every every one of the main cast, including Roz, Daphne, they all get the opportunity to shine a little bit. They do. And have a couple of really good lines each. Um so yeah, I really, really highly regret this. But Highly regard this episode. Really top, top quality episode for me. Excellent. Do you think this is in my top 10 or not? Where do you fall? I think it guess. is in your top 10. It is in my top 10! <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to repeat anything because you've just summarised the episode perfectly. Um, but yeah, it's so tight. They get so much into 22 minutes. Such a good ensemble app. Um, but yeah, very well reviewed by you there, Kate. But it is too. But when was the last time we had a double top ten? Was it um, Travels with Martin? I think. Well, I think that's the only. That was the only time. That's the only now. time. Yeah. So yeah, because you, 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 I've now had three. You've had, you've had three. I've had four. So you're, do you want to re repeat your three, and I'll repeat my four. Yeah. So Travels with Martin, my coffee with Niles, and here we are at the Innkeepers. Almost a full season from my last one. Incredible, mate. Yeah. Incredible. Whereas I have been doing two a season. So um, <laughs> love it. Author author and travels with martin of course. and a fair to forget and the innkeepers some really good selections there so. and author author especially could very very easily have been in mind um but yeah actor we've made we've, we've it's been really hard this week we've said it's ensemble it's really tough i know that you've done your little actor roundup as well for us as promised last week so i'm really excited to, to hear that but before we do that let's add one more tally um 
who's getting your pick, Kay? This it's is a so really hard. tough one, isn't it? It's it's really, really tough. I think Reckley will be delighted to hear that that um Daphne was in the conversation. I think she this is probably the first time I've really ever con I've considered her in the conversation. Very much the same. Um, mainly for that eel scene because it's beautifully done. It's, it's fantastic. So good. And and also like just the back and forth with her and Niles, just the way they're like chucking plates to each other. And, and... with Ross, like the argument as well, like really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and I really, I actually really, I should have said, but they, I love the way that like Niles stands up for Daphne in the argument where he literally yeah. like puts himself between them and he's like, don't you speak to her like that. I really, really yeah. like, like that. And that was a nice touch. And, and you can see how far I think his relationship with Daphne has actually come along by this point that he's not just weirdly sniffing her hair. They are like friends and they're like they working have got a together here. Like, you know, this is yeah. A, yeah, the situation they're both in kind of thing. And they've sort of built a chemistry between each other by this stage. I really like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so that's why Daphne was in the mix. Um, Roz, not as much to do, probably not as much in the mix, to be honest. Um, no, she doesn't have as much to do. And the, the cherries thing does let her down a bit for me. That's yeah. not her fault. Um, yeah. Um, Martin was very much in the mix. Love him as a bartender. Love he him. He was really good, actually. Um, just in terms of at the end on the phone, it, the way he's, you know, at the, before they have the idea, when he's discussing it with them, I love that. But I think really because of the nature of the episode, I think it's got to be either Fraser or, or Niles because they're the ones who really shine. And it's it's a, it's a tough one because they both have so many great lines. But for me, I think, I think I've got to say Niles. I just, I love... The way he, I mean, as, as much as we say that they're not nice to Maurice, I do love Nazi delivery of that. With you know, it's my you know, restaurant. It's my restaurant. And, you know, when, <laughs> when I when I want when I want people to see a big souffle, you think Niles Crate. Like, <laughs> and it's it's all so well done. Um, and yeah, he really and and just the way then he rolls up his sleeve and we see him, you know, trying to kill the eel with the hat on and uh, his his I say chemistry with Daphne. I think so so good. So for me, it's uh, it's Niles. Excellent. Well, really, really great kind of summary of a lot of the, 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 the yeah, the conversations we were having here about this. Um, a lot of great characters here. Who do you think I've gone with, Kay? I think you've gone with Frasier. I have gone with Frasier. Oh. It was really good. You know me too well, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, honestly, everything you've said, I completely agree with. And the more I think about it, I actually think my tie was between Frasier and Martin. I just think uh, the more I think about Martin's lines, like, at the table at the beginning when he's just ranting at them the bartender bit's great i wish that had been expanded instead of like say the jubilee joke um i wish there'd been more about just mine at the bar you know kind of getting into various mishaps with guests i think martin did a really good job really funny but Fraser's just you know he's always front and center of the disaster he's really quick with some of the things he comes up with like the drive-through window joke and um yeah there's just it's just something about Fraser in this in this episode, um, but it is it's almost like I felt like giving it to both Fraser and Nars, I guess, in the sense that it's their joint episode, I guess. Um, but yeah, I've gone with Fraser. Okay, so our here we go. Actor roundup, which I've not done in a while. Um, so obviously we were missing like about half, I think, of season one when we started to do it. So we've got a bit we. Obviously, we didn't do them for every episode. Oh, yeah, we've still not done that, have we? We still need to do our sort of roundup where we I'll, go through each Yeah, one. I can I can not send you that after this, Eh, That won't take long. Yeah, I can remember can work, them really we well. That out. So uh, I'll start from least amount of votes to the most. Okay. Um, so you have two people who you've given a vote to, which I haven't given any votes to. Oh. Um, so BB and Bulldog, you have picked mm. them both once. I have not picked either of them so right. far. 
Next, Lilith. We've both picked Lilith once. Nice. Which I think was a Bora Bora episode, I think, possibly. I, either that or the one, the show where Lilith comes back. Um, probably the Bora Bora I, one. I think it was Bora Bora. I think the one where Lilith comes back, I don't think we'd start doing best actor. No, best then, yeah, it, it would have been Bora Bora, okay, yeah. Then, but yeah, then, so Lilith on one each. Then next, uh, you have Roz once. I have her twice. Uh, nice. Next, Martin, you have Martin three times. I have Martin five times. Ooh, interesting little contrast there. We then have Niles. You have Niles eight times. I have Niles ten times. Mm. And then uh, you have Frasier 13 times. Wow. I'm on Frasier ten times. So for me, Frasier and Niles are neck and neck on ten with Martin on five. Whereas with you, Frasier on the lead with 13, Niles then on eight, and Martin on three. Awesome, man. I love this. I just, I just I wish we could datafy everything in this podcast. I love hearing the data back. Um, saying that, I forget the coffee count most weeks, so I'm probably not the best person to be saying that. Um, Kennedy Burling, our man on the ground. Key. What would he make of the innkeepers, and what would he make of dining at Les Frères Arrow? I think that... Um... Kennedy has clearly owned a few restaurants in his time. I think that I think he's been a maitre d' an owner, a chef. He's done it all. He can, you know, he, and he knows how to kill an eel. I mean, I think we can all <laughs> that agree that about Kennedy. Um, but I think he'd quite like uh, the Anguilla or Anguilla mm. or however I'm butchering this word. Mm. Um, I think he'd quite like that. And, and I tell you what, a bit of smoke damage wouldn't bother him. He'd. Uh, He'd eat wherever. He, he wouldn't mind going in the Enchanted Grosso. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a fair young maiden. Okay, Key, here's a battlefield promotion. Kennedy is suddenly head chef at Les Frere Road. What's his specialty dish? Scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I just serve that one up and just knock it out of the park. Thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. Thank you, Kennedy. Who's crazy anyway? That all is all that's left before we jump over to listen to mail. Um, quite a tough one this week because I feel like everyone's lines are fairly... It's either a really run-of-the-mill mundane pick, which is what I've had to go for, or a really iconic line that you know. So, who says, never mind him? Never mind him. Oh, let me uh, let me get the full context of when it's used again. Um, never mind him. That's it, yeah. Never mind him. Um, I don't want to tell you what, too much about the context of the app, because I feel like it will... Uh... To, to check, is it a named character who says it? It's not like a waiter or anything like that? Uh... In theory, it could have been a waiter. Um, it can be anyone who has a line that says anything, but it, it is a named character. Named character. Okay. Right. Okay. So, named characters who appear. Mm. It's not going to be Brad. It's not Brad. <laughs> I don't think it's Martin. I don't see him saying, never mind him. Never mind him seems to imply someone who is encouraging an idea. Whereas, like, never mind him, we can do this. We can make this work. Mm -hmm. Which makes me think it's not Martin, because Martin obviously is the one sort of downplaying it. For the same reason, I think it's un it's unlikely to be Roz. Daphne, probably not. I think the obvious choice is going to be it's either Fraser or Niles. Mm -hmm. I think... Which one seemed more encouraging? I am going to say that it's Fraser, and mm -hmm. I think that someone was saying that it's a dumb idea and it won't work, or you're doing this wrong, or we've got a problem here. And Frasier saying, oh, never mind him. We'll do this. You are correct. Oh. <laughs> it is Frasier when Martin makes his joke about the snipers on the roof. And he says, never mind him. I believe, Niles. Do you believe? And he's like, I believe. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I believe. Um, so, yeah, well played, Guy. Well played. That was quite a tough one, I think. And you, you rationalized it 
spot on. So there you go. Uh, listener mail, should we jump over there? Yeah. Raz, who's our next caller? So, listener mail this week, we had a lot of responses, actually, because of the fact we had a bonus episode up in the meantime as well. Um, and by the time you're listening to this, there will have been a previous bonus episode as well last week. Um, so there's a lot of comments. We might have to abridge some of these um, and, and maybe we might not get a chance to read yours out. So um, please keep them coming because we do read them, even if we don't read them out on air. Um, a lot of people congratulated us for 50 episodes, which is really nice. Um, in fact, the 50th episode post on Reddit was our like most upvoted ever. It's like 70 upvotes or 60 upvotes or something, um, which is really great. I think a lot of people must have seen its anniversary. Um, the first comment I'm going to read out, Mischief Knight, one of our quiz masters. The Lemon of Troy is one of my favorite episodes as well. That's of The Simpsons. Me and Key love that. Uh, it's the same episode that after the dog gets the taste of meat, he bites into the RV's door. We actually talked about this, I think, last in the Simpsons bonus episode. Um, so if you haven't yeah. listened to that, go back and go back and listen, uh, listeners, because, yeah, we kind of get to that. But also for Hitler references, I was surprised Key didn't mention the one where Grandpa had to pretend to be a German cabaret girl. I, I was hit on by Adolf. I do remember. I, I think, as I remember, his fake boob falls out and <laughs> Hitler picks some of us. This is not a booby. <laughs> um, that's, I think that's the one, yeah. Excellent. Uh, Corey says, an affair to forget, not in his top 10, but probably uh, in his number 12 um also a lot of people have mentioned this but agents in america part three which we missed key is a big reference to the tony kushner play uh angels in america which is parts one and two which is about like, the aids epidemic in the 80s um apparently it's really hard hitting um a lot of kind of metaphysical stuff going on when it's produced so really hard to produce i think it won a pulitzer um it's just a very acclaimed and celebrated play and a lot of people have reminded us of that so thank you but i also do love key the fact that you'd worked out it was bb's third ep i just think that was so good so you know kind of we'd missed the reference but we brought a nice new one to the table I would, yeah i was sure there was some kind of same there was definitely there was something, something, was something but i didn't know what it was i knew it was something in america but i've, I've never uh, like seen angels in america but it makes makes perfect sense i think i'd read about it briefly before as well um so uh yeah Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comments and fun bits there. So, fun bits for the innkeepers. None of the diners seem to be upset at all about the explosion, considering itself the sprinklers embedded a cherry in a ceiling tile and was severe enough that Frazier thought it'd be plausible to claim that it killed Martin. Very true. People aren't really in a hurry to get out after a very big explosion. They, they just seem annoyed by the sprinklers. That they seems do, to be what's yeah. irritating. They're them. saving their lives at that moment because, I mean, all that brandy's going to go up big time. And acoustic ceiling tiles, very flammable. Um, so there you go. And that, that there's only one place that, that fire's going upwards. Um, the second time Bulldog has struck something in his pants before... Um, stuck something in his pants, sorry, before bedroom activities. The flower in the credits of this episode, yes. And the feather in Rising the Dark House. Um, always still love that feather. Just really, really great touch. And one of the reasons I think Bulldog got my pick um, for that week. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much, MK. Uh, next up, we have Alex T. Book 7, who says hello from Birmingham, Alabama. Mm. Uh, kind of, a, is that a sister? Can we count we're going like to make sister, it a sister sort of, city. Yeah. yeah, sister city. Twinned with. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're leading the charge on this, aren't we? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Alex says that this, The Innkeepers, is one of their all-time favourite episodes, and as they've worked in you know, many restaurants, um, and they haven't, but they haven't witnessed anything go quite as insanely wrong as it does at Le Frere Hero. Um, they have a memory back at bank of mishaps from their time as a line cook and remembers them fondly when they watch this episode. Now, um, as you mentioned earlier on, obviously 
they've, they've worked in, in the business and would like to address a bit of culinary business in this episode. So Chef Maurice gets frustrated when Frasier and Niles keep asking him to change the vessel in which the soufflés are presented. Um, that is really well worded. Well, I really like the what used the word vessel. I know, sentence. yeah, like, I that's, love that. That's really good, I like that. That's a chef speaking, that is. <laughs> um, not only is it irritating to keep having your bosses ask you to change presentation every two minutes, but the souffle is being ruined with every transfer into a new vessel. Souffle is delicately filled with air that is necessary for the souffle to rise. And every time Maurice is asked to scrape the souffle base into a different vessel, it loses air. Eventually, he would have to remake the base all over again because too much air will have been lost and the souffle will not rise. I've always appreciated this other layer to Maurice's frustration, just beyond just Niles and Frasier being annoying. Um, great show as always. Uh, keep up the good work. And Rick said they really look forward to the episode dark victory and particularly the line well there's nothing wrong with dad's lungs <laughs> excellent comment there and our oh, little culinary attache as uh, as i believe they've been christened so love to hear that sydney ass basket good evening willing key i want to congratulate you once again on a fantastic podcast this episode is probably in my top 10 the language the setup the fencing incredible i'm saddened that neither of you said my favorite line neat and mind frau i don't know that's not quite correct right. Yeah, um, I, I didn't trust myself to be able to get anywhere near right on the pronunciation. Nicktein Menschlerfrau or something. Not quite human woman. Hopefully this letter makes it to you in time for listener mail and one of you has to attempt the German language. <laughs> Just what we need, a Ford language. This episode itself does have faults. As with many other incidents, Fraser forgets what language he's fluent in and recovers to remember when it's important. Anyway, I must sign off now. Thank you again for entertaining us all. Excellent. Uh, next up, we have uh, Reclia, who said that they um, they are thinking about buying a video episode uh, when Daphne does finally get her first actor pick of the week. Wow. She was in contention this week. It is a step in the right direction. Not quite sure there, is. but... Not quite there. But, but getting there. Um, they tried fencing, and they do get. They said you do get tired very quick. That was my experience, too. Um, still, it's a fun experience, and um, getting used to the movements rather than following your own instinct to move normally is an interesting experience. Mm. In respect of the innkeepers, uh, they said, uh, brilliant, now that's how you do a Crane team-up episode for me. It's like author-author, but ramped up to 11 and incorporates the rest of the cast, including Roz. It works so well with each of the characters interwove beautifully into the story, the pacing, and the humour. Uh, it's a classic episode that came so close to being their top season two episode. Um, and she points out the brilliant moment, obviously, Daphne grabbing the eel and smacking it against the table. Oh, wow. Great comment from Reckley there. Tahitian Vanilla, first off, can we talk about how Fraser uses his finger in the Cherry's Jubilee? I noticed this as well. Disgusting, though he does have a quick look if anyone's looking. So He does. He knows it's wrong, doesn't he? Yeah. He's doing um, and Niles does use a spoon, I think, so kind. Of, there must be another one on that tray. Uh, and the way Niles says it's in my restaurant during the souffle debate. Also, in seeing the chef's hat, I saw one piece of trivia once that said a chef's hats have 100 folds, each representing all the ways to prepare an egg. That's a hundred ways to prepare it. Apparently so. I mean, maybe that's folklore. Maybe it's a myth. Maybe it's real. But interesting, regardless. I really like that. Um, as far as I'm aware, there's like five ways to prepare an egg. Um, <laughs> contrary to popular opinion, I'm not a huge fan of the big blue flashlight. Likewise, never have been. Seems a little on the nose, as Fraser would say. Although the physical big blue flash before she comes in does make me laugh. I also love when Martin recalls this episode later in the series about all the stupid things they have done together. Now nah, that restaurant was still the worst. I love that throwback um, because this is very easy to just kind of retcon this from the canon of, of, uh, 
of the I, show. I really like it when a TV show does that. It feels like it's a little reward for you having watched the previous episode. Big so time, yeah. I get it's like that. a bonus. I know what you're on about. Yeah. I know the I know the inside joke. Congrats on 50 episodes, you guys. You truly, you're a truly incredible host. And as strange as it may sound, not knowing you in person, you really do feel like my friends. What a lovely final comment. Thank you, Tish and Vanilla. And uh, next up, we have attempted high five. Uh, I love this app. I was chortling just listening to you guys talk about it. It is certainly in my top 10. I think I'll write mine out and get back to you guys. Uh, it was truly a treat to listen to at home whilst making pajamas for my nephew instead of being at work. Uh, you guys are wonderful company. That screenshot makes me realise why Key has been mistaken <laughs> for Adam Driver. Rocking it, man. Nice. Can we all buy matching I'm Pro Opera and I vote face masks? Man, I'm on board. I'm definitely on board with I'm that. I'm definitely yeah. on board. <laughs> um, Cam Winston, Kia Ora, lads. Welcome to 2021, the beginning of a better year. Also, well done on nearly hitting a year of this podcast. Right, other stuff. Christmas puddings. Here's my opinion. If you are offered a slice of Christmas pudding, there are two steps one needs to follow. Say thank you for the pudding. Give your pudding to someone else. <laughs> My older brother did fencing at high school for a bit and was quite successful from memory. Very fast sport to watch. I tried it once, but I'm tall and so resembled a distressed giraffe. Naturally gave that up and stuck to football. I studied German at tertiary level here in New Zealand, but unfortunately have forgotten a lot apart a lot apart from all the numbers. It is one of my favourite languages as well as Italian, French, and the various dialects of North American English. Uh, peace, lads, and as always, hashtag up the villa. Thank you, Emily. Um, yeah, so 12 uh, he said, um, please can I ask a favor of you guys. My cousin Miles, not Niles, that, that works very well with this episode, actually. Miles, baby. Miles, baby. <laughs> um, is a huge Frasier fan, and we both have had our box sets for over a decade. However, to this day, he still refuses to watch the season 11 finale, and it remains the only episode he hasn't ever seen. This is because he doesn't want Frasier to ever properly end for him. Please, could you give him a shout out for his commitment to this? and also maybe convince him that it's time to finally bite the bullet. Wow. Well, one, I think I briefly mentioned we'd seen this comment in, a, in last week or the week before. Um, but, I, I mean, I love this because I'm the same with a lot of sitcoms I love. And also, really apt, because what did I mention about with It earlier? That it took me forever to read those last few pages, and part of me never, ever wanted to read them at all. But I'm glad I did, because I got the closure, I got the full, you know, feeling of the journey i think i think it's worth doing a lot of people do withhold watching the fraser finale but i certainly think it's 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 worth doing to get the full the full package yeah i would say miles baby miles uh, baby <laughs> <laughs> um i would say that um you i'd watch it once uh, at least once so that you you know you've got that closure you know how it ends um but i do get i very very much get where miles is coming from here i do something very so i like i I'm always very reluctant to watch the last episode. And when I run through watching a series again, I'll often miss the last few episodes and just go straight back to the start because yeah, I'm the same. That I'm way same. it feels like this continuous loop with never actually having an end. So I'm going to be a wreck when we watch the final Frasier episode. I'm going to be in tears. It's just it will be floods. really sad, man. <laughs> it will be really sad. Sydney Aspasket really enjoyed listening to this special. Preston is a very cool guy and his project is amazing. I followed its progress for some time. So glad you got him on the podcast. Glad Key was only getting his pans re-seasoned. I was worried you'd had enough of his crap. <laughs> Excellent pun there uh next up um so Reclia, i am wounded wounded to hear, <laughs> to hear my favorite episode is someone's worst stunned me utterly i feel compelled more than ever to want to be a part of these podcast interviews um but says that she can understand his viewpoint soaps like eastenders are to me what rooms with a view is to him specifically the depressing aspect 
I won't go into detail about why I love Rooms Review, as it's still unedited with three A4 pages worth of my opinion. Good lord. <laughs> um, I'm surprised Niles' wigs were considered the worst by Preston. I only saw the episode in September, so it's still fresh in my mind. I think Daphne's in the Rosie's birthday flashback is the worst. I don't own a single piece of Frasier memorabilia, but I'd love to own a script. I'd love to chat to this Preston fella about this. Is he on Reddit? And even if he owns any, don't worry, I won't beat him up for disliking my favourite episode. I'd love to see pictures of his memorabilia, um, but is it possible with no Facebook account? I don't think it is. I think um, Preston's Facebook group, um, yeah, the Fraser Project, he posts his memorabilia on there quite a lot. Um, I think you'd really need Facebook um, to, to view it. But it's hit the stuff he has. I mean, we spoke about it on the on the bonus episode, so people that have listened will know. It's incredible. Um, and I'm fairly certain he has scripts, but we know he has the, the, the front cover of all the scripts in like a binder, which is just awesome. Um, but yeah. But I mean, I'm kind of with Preston in terms of rooms of a view. It's really kind of serious and, you know, not that good comedies can't be serious, but yeah, when I think about Frasier, that episode is not anywhere near my light, you know, an episode I would put on for fun. Um, another comment from Recklier about Agents in America Part 3. Not a bad episode. I was honestly expecting Frasier to get fired considering how badly things were going after his demands for a raise. Frasier being okay with her acting after realising he'll get a raise is a low point, in my opinion, for his character. Bad enough for the crafty baby to stoop so low, but for Frasier to do the same in order for more money rubbed me the wrong way. I kind of agree. Um, I think Frasier is a bit unscrupulous in some of these early episodes, um, but, you know, he is beautiful flawed unpleasant as yeah. the guy as the guy in the uh, in road warrior says it's it's sometimes we get quite a, a sometimes some episodes he's very much a stickler for ethics and sticking to that and then other episodes he'll do whatever he needs to he do to get, get that, that 40 percent man yeah, <laughs> yeah. gotta make that bread <laughs> um but thank you everyone who wrote in such a really good listener mail this week uh next week it's the finale of season two dark victory which is an episode i really like actually another kind of ensemble set mostly in the apartment um after a blackout really looking forward to that and then the week after that will be the, the bonus set that Key and I love so much which is a uh, season recap where we'll be ranking every episode and just having a having a blast thinking about season two and as always there will be bloopers at the end oh um, I love the bloopers that's my favourite bit I love the bloopers the bloopers are great um, though you barely ever make a mistake which is what's <laughs> annoying so it's like you know I don't get to you know you probably want to hear your own bloopers and I'm like well, you need to cock up more okay? I mean <laughs> my bloopers just tend to get left in I think on the Simpsons special is, is my blooper of not watching the episode at all. Still. Oh, yeah, because that's part of the, the <laughs> shtick, you know, it's part of it. Uh, but yeah, thank you, everyone, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.